Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 45 of the How We See Things podcast. I am Stace X and I'm here with my co-host, Dan Stark. Dan, how are you doing? Hello, hello, everyone. I'm good. I'm good. Not too bad. Busy, busy week. But we here. We Same here. here. Start, start of a new one. So um, we move. I mean, we're, we're, we're here because, you know, people give us a reason to be here. There's so much shit going on in the world um, where two guys standing on a metaphorical soapbox and you know we're here to have our opinion on how we see things um we're just talking about how we're going to pick up from where we left off last week uh-huh. um, so i think we basically introduced what's going on in niger our neighboring country yeah. uh-huh. i think we talked about Tinubu specifically and how we i guess like see him as a person for the moment or you know um the man to lead because nigeria is currently leading um echoas so within the last time, like, you know, and for those of you who are not aware, usually the episodes go out on Monday, this one went out on Friday, long story, busy week. Um, and so when you're hearing this news, or if you listen to the last episode, uh, uh, you know, the sequence of events may be confusing. But just know, yeah. at the time of recording and now, um, Tinubu has done made some interesting moves. Um, first off, they sent um, General, you know, uh, I think Abdusalami Abubakar, to represent like the ECOWAS delegation basically to Niger. Yeah. He was buffed. He didn't get to meet with um yeah, Salami Abubakar. He didn't get to meet with like the cool leader in um Niger. Uh-huh. And then Tinibu was going to ask the Nigerian Congress or the Senate for permission to um you know prosecute a war in the neighboring country Niger. I like uh-huh. I've, I've been disappointed with some of the I've been disappointed with some of the ticks that I've been seeing flying around. Um, you sent me you sent me something interesting, a picture uh-huh. of you know uranium. Um, so like lo- lots of interesting. Give us give us your how you're feeling at this moment with with everything that's going on, John. This has been a very kind of weird sequence of events. So last week we had the initial conversation. Then it was just been you know, there was a whole U.S. Nigeria Kamala Harris Bolatinobu discussion. The coup had just happened probably like a few days before that. There was, you know, there wasn't a sense that um, there was any kind of internal rebellion within Niger. So it was the junta, the military junta or the military government, as they're colloquially known as the junta, they seem to be kind of consolidating, right? And the idea was that they were as they often do um, when these military governments come in place, they make a series of very immediate changes to kind of justify their need to restore order. That's usually the military mantra, right? It's civilians have messed things up, we're restoring order. So they do things like shut down certain corrupt practices just to show their intention to essentially the, pop- the populace, right, who they still have to justify at the end of the day. It's weird, and I'm gonna. This segue might sound crazy, <laughs> but just just stay with me. Surprise me. Mm. I watched Oppenheimer um, on Friday, right? Okay. And I watched it, and I could. I was I was really struck by a couple of things. Firstly, was the narrative. Um, we're not kids, so we understand that Hollywood has some guidelines. There's certain things, actually, people might not know that Christopher Nolan wasn't allowed to show on screen in terms mm. of, because I didn't see a single victim 
in terms of Japanese or New Mexican, right? And for those of you that don't know, um, Los Alamos had a lot of domestic victims. So mm-hmm. Trinity, yeah, it was a massive... Oh, I don't want to spoil it for those who haven't seen the, the film, but there's a massive scene and it's, you know, it's been touted as a VX Oscar nominee. That's all great. But then the repercussions was a heightened level of um, radiation in that area and subsequent generations suffering from it. And ultimately, many people don't know, Jay Oppenheimer, this is not a spoiler, he died of throat cancer. So there is that to consider as well. Yeah, you should land the plane. The parallels, <laughs> my plane is, my plane is, you know, it's crazy. Mm. Parallels I was seeking to draw was that in that movie, what many people don't realize was that the atomic bombs were kind of late in arrival. What does that mean? They were meant to be used against Nazi Germany. Those were the main protagonists, mechanically, financially, mm-hmm. organizationally. Hitler's Germany was scaring the Allies. It was in Africa. It was in Middle East. It was in, a lot of people don't know the war was fought in Africa, in Pacific, everywhere. These guys were just demolishing and threatening the world order. Now, Germany eventually, um, what's the word, surrendered. Japan, unfortunately, did not. Now, because think of the world then in the 20th century. Yes, there were telephones, there were telegrams, but news wasn't spreading the way it spreads now. And Japan then, you have to, if you know your history of Japan, imperialistic and all that kind of stuff. So they felt this code and this um, belief that even though their ally had fallen in Nazi Germany, they were to continue the fight and they were to, you know. Mm. The justification for me, because when I was watching that movie, they needed X amount of uranium and X amount of plutonium to make the bomb. Then it occurred to me, where were they getting uranium from? Where were they getting plutonium from? I don't believe there's uranium in the US, as far as I'm aware. So they're getting it from Niger. So, so that's what it clicked. No, I, I didn't. I don't know if they were getting it from Niger, but I was not like, hang on. Niger has just been recently confirmed, alongside obviously DR Congo, where everything exists, as one of the hotspots in the earth for uranium. So I was thinking, hang on, what if what is going on now is this proxy power shift? And I remembered what I sent you, which was the fact that um, Niger, one of the first acts of this junta, the military junta in Niger, was to stop the trade of uranium. So it got me thinking, resources, war, economy, because the US didn't need to bomb Nagasaki and Hiroshima. One needs to question why they bombed um, the second city. I can't remember. I think Hiroshima was first, right? Why did they bomb Nagasaki? And then Watching the film, again, I don't want to spoil it. There's this idea of this is what we've done. We've spent $2 billion on this. And $2 billion, on, this was in 1940-something. $2 billion, right? We spent $2 billion on this. We need to use it as a deterrent, as an act of force. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you with that last part. That it, was, it was a show of force. And if you ask, depending on who you ask, some people will say it was necessary for the U.S. to establish itself. And here's where the circle comes around. Having the capacity yes. to... My plane is, my plane is just... It's, 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 it's touching out of in existence. You very astutely reminded us that the U.S. has the current Nigerian president by the vice. 
And the call was made before this ECOWAS mobilization happened. The call was made that precipitated actions towards um, force. And it got me thinking, is it a show of force now? That what's happening in Niger now on the non- um, No, I mean, insofar as you're describing, insofar as you're describing the tentacles of imperial powers, so the US and the UK on one side and Russia, China on the other side, Russia standing alone on their own. If you're describing, if you're describing that, then yes, definitely, there are proxy engagements, you know, happening by virtue of this like war that's going on, um, the coups that are going on in Africa. When a coup happens in Turkey, Vladimir Putin is concerned. When it, when a coup happens in Ukraine that removes um, Yanukovych or whoever the corrupt person was before Zelensky. Yeah. Putin is worried because it affects him directly. Um, but when it, when a coup is happening in Africa, it's them trying to play a game against another great power. So I agree with you in that part. And I think for me, that's really the meat of this conversation because that is the propaganda battlefield, essentially. Um, the commentary that I'm seeing in about this war, just as you've demonstrated now, has it in terms of you know imperialist or anti-colonialists like, you know, Tenno, so down with, you know, the, the French, like you mentioned, the army people coming in and saying, okay, we're no longer selling uranium to these specific people. Who are they selling it to now um, is the question. Um, because, you know, there's, there's an explicit embrace of Russia and the Russian president, um, Vladimir Putin. And as we know, um, nature abhors vacuum. So... If someone isn't trading, if they remove someone as a trade partner, somebody else has to fill the gap. And yeah, I, think, I mean, I, I think people are being a bit too blasé about like what's going on. I think about... potentially, and that, my biggest concern for Nigeria getting involved in this or being used as the trigger is, and this particular post to which we refer to, we will mention names. There was a very good analysis I felt of the domino effect. For those who don't know, Niger is Nigeria's shield from the quite disturbed Sahel. So if you're thinking Libya, if you're thinking Yemen, Niger is the shield between those countries and Nigeria. Nigeria's relationship with Niger is not, you know, it's not as, um, you know, uh, what's the word? It's, it's very closely linked. They are, in effect, our... French brothers, if you want, if if yeah. you want that term, they, we have a long history of some former rumored head of states being of Nigerian origin. Um, in parts that border Niger and Nigeria, there's close intermarriage. There's a lot of shared history. We share the River Niger, right? Um, and one of the analysis that was made was the consequence of this abhorrence of vacuum, right? So if you remove Niger's dependence from Nigeria. So people might not know this. There are countries that rely on Nigeria. So every country, wherever you are, they always say it's someone else's prayer point. So there are countries that rely on Nigeria. And Niger was one of those in terms of electricity, primarily, and trade. Now, what Nigeria is doing and has to be very careful about is it's one thing to be part of this imperialistic, we've talked about it, power struggle our local and regional politics must be must be priority for us because the northeast of Nigeria, northwest, sorry, the north, north, core north, is still subject to infiltration by, you know, um, 
is it herdsmen? What do you want to call them? Do you want to call I mean, them terrorists? What's, what's the, whatever? What is the what is the if Nigeria movies? I know. Let's let's, let's speak about it. Like let's name names. We're talking about a, a post from David Hundane, who is an oracle of sorts, depending on on who you ask. Um, so and, and, so like I'm, I'm wondering, what's what's the the point? Is the is the idea that oh, Tinubu is like this is a false flag for Tinubu to consolidate power locally? This is a distraction. We should be concerned. What exactly is he is he guessing at? Like what? I think he's. His particular post was more of a, we shouldn't rush to militarize. We, being Nigeria, shouldn't mm. rush to be the face of military um, action because he feels that what Nigeria might be doing, and it, it may well be the case, because you have to think Tinubu is a president with an electional, election tribunal still to decide or to verify his position. So... He's actually in a very. He's in the first hundred days of office. I, I, I strongly disagree. He wants. I, I couldn't the, disagree more. <laughs> I'm not surprised you do, based on your belief of the strength and the veracity of the tribunal itself from inception. So I don't disagree. I'm not. I'm not shocked. By that. I, I, are you? Are you being sarcastic? Like, do I? Do I? Believe <laughs> I'm not, no, I'm not. But the facts are the facts. That is what they've told us is going on. They've told us there's the tribunal going on. And there's no, no, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying that. I disagree, and you're attributing my disagreements to my faith in the tribunal. Where, which, no, where, no, where no. have I expressed faith in? No, in general, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm be, of course, I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, you, okay. you've never once said, "Oh, I support the tribunal," or "I think the judiciary do the right." Yeah, thing. but right. still, I, I disagree that Nigeria should shouldn't be militaristic. I, I want people to understand what exactly is happening um, in these parts of the world. What's like? So, so obviously, these these countries are limited in their economic power and their manufacturing power locally. They are limited in what they get. All the African countries, to one extent or the other, depend on the West or China for its supplies of 21st century goods and services. Um, there are many things that we're able to have and use for our modern day life. However, you imagine modern day life being in Nigeria: TVs, cars. Um, furniture, clothing, appliances, food, all these things come from abroad. Um, so these foreign countries exert influence, you know, um, in parts of the world and they are battling for influence in this part of the world. The reason mm-hmm. why our map is the way it is, is because some white men sat in a room in, in Belgium, yeah, in Berlin, um, and drew, and drew some fucking maps. Um, so, like, you know, when, when you're saying that, like, Nigeria shouldn't interfere, mm-hmm. I think the, the question, which is what we're facing with Ukraine and Russia, should the military of a state, any state, be able to unilaterally, this is, this is the question that anyone, everyone has to ask themselves, should the military arm of any state be able to unilaterally declare themselves as the leaders of this country? Now, Do we believe in democracy or not? Here's the here's the issue. I think that's a very good discussion to have, but we're past that. The military has already taken over, so I think that point in itself, whilst we could have it, is academic. My issue now, being someone who I like to think of myself as pragmatic, is mm-hmm. Nigeria is in its worst economic position compared to the last time it led ECOWAS under General Olusegun Obasanjo. Then the naira to pound was about maybe 50, 100 pounds, 100 naira to a pound. It's 1,150 naira. The economy, the fuel 
there's few issues. There's issues with instability within the country. In 2001 or 2002, when General Basanjo was was head of ECOWAS slash Nigeria, mm. and Nigeria was doing great things in Sierra Leone and in Liberia, great. The economy was great. GSM had just come in. There was no Boko Haram. So, so Nigeria, all, all, all I hear you saying, all I hear you saying is that it's complicated. That's that's what you hear. That's what I hear you saying. That I'm saying the president, all... the president of the country has many different things to consider when trying to make a decision. That's that's effectively. Uh, I think you're trying to make it more theoretical. There's actual practical reasons. No, the, the, the practical realities of it. I, I am not being practical or conservative. The practical realities of it demand that we have to be able to work and chew gum at the same time. So there, there is no choice for President Tinubu or whoever the president of Nigeria would be at this point in time. There is no choice for them between Nigeria's economic prosperity and a democracy, quote-unquote, in Niger. Um, it has to be I think that... You cannot, as a military, do what the um, Nigerian military did. You've actually contradicted your point because you actually oh. don't believe that the current presidency in Nigeria was mm-hmm. democratically elected. So, on what mandate does that presidency no, no. have so, the right to go to another country and play democracy police? I mean, you, you, if you forget who you're talking to, I, I can, I can juggle all these, I can juggle all these contradictory ideas in my mind at the same time. <laughs> that is why I caveated my statement by mm-hmm. saying. Tinubu or whoever the president at this point in time would be. So whether it was Peter Obi, whether it's Tinubu now, for whatever reason, if it's Peter Obi, the, the dynamic he will be facing will be different. For example, for example, we saw a letter released by northern governors from northern states. They will bear the brunt of um, of whatever goes on in, in Niger. So their statement was talking out of both sides of their mouth. On one hand, they condemn the military action in Niger. On the other hand, they caution the Nigerian government to, you know, um, um, be circumspect as you are doing and as David Hodane is doing in, you know, military action because they are going to feel like the worst of it, basically. I, I, I have no apologies. Nigeria must be circumspect. I'm not saying, and with we, we actually thank God that the president didn't just no. issue an executive order for the army to just march into Niger. He actually tried to put it to a vote and then, you know, there's the... At least they're giving their parents. He went to Congress. No, no, they're giving their parents, right? So all I'm saying is that, at the very least, tick in the box for those who like to see democracy in action, whatever that means. My point is, this is all well and good. In many ways, Nigeria finds itself in a position that I guess America does a lot of the time, which is, do we stand up for this foremost ideology of political leadership that we want to champion in the world, being democracy, Look, right? And that's the discussion that America faces. And no, this is, and again, linking it to kind of the Oppenheimer, um, the, 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 the political dynamics at play there, because in the end, that became a political decision. That became a decision of will, of imposing a particular ideology upon the world. Now, what I'm trying to say is, though, that Nigeria should also take stock first. I'm not saying if they vote and everybody agrees and the president's advisor agrees and the NSA, National Security Advisor, say, yeah, go for it. You can fight on multiple fronts. If he wants to invade Niger, good on him. Fine. But what I'm saying is just take stock first. Ensure that you know that if you launch military action as the leader of ECOWAS and refugees start pouring in, you're ready to take care of refugees in IDP camps in the north of Nigeria. No, no, no. You're ready so, to deal with the social economic issues, with the issues of 
um, safety, security, health, finance, issues that you've not dealt with your own citizens before you start so, this foreign excursion. So, so, so if I, if I agreed with all of that and said it was necessary, does that change the necessity of what I am saying as well, that the military excursion? If I raise the stakes, if I raise the requirements for a military uh-huh. excursion, you know, would that would that satisfy your um your hesitation? Because what what I am saying is that you know, um, post Adam Smith, post Milton Keynes, post uh-huh. everything we know about world and governments and where societies work, we have established yeah. that okay, we have drawn maps now. We know how you know governments are supposed to work. The smallest unit yeah. of a society is family. Families get together, they form you know um, a town. Many towns come together, they form a city. Cities form states, states form countries. Yep. Countries countries have to manage how they use their resources. They, man, they have to manage their borders. They have to manage their interaction with other people. We're talking about human beings here. So there's also, you know, disparities in influence and in resources. So we learn about comparative, you know, advantages. Countries have certain resources they leverage to get others that they don't have. Um, yep. Nigeria and the U.S., going back to your Obama and Muhammad point, talking about trying to promote your ideology all over the world. That is the burden of anyone who considers themselves leading with a good ideology. So the Greeks did it when they thought they were um, the, the most superior to everybody. So did, so did the British in King um, Edwards and whoever and people and all the wars they fought in Europe. Um, so did every single person who thought they had an idea ever in Africa. People try to spread their message and Nigeria has to act as a stabilizing force because what people need to understand is that the message that you send by condoning a coup is that it's possible. These are questions that we're supposed to have answered as a civilization in 2023. This point you've just made is where we show, this is, this is where we show the level of the discussion we have on this podcast. This is not your... Um, bread and butter podcast. We're not here spouting narratives. We're here actually taking things on an intellectual level. We're here dissecting what what balance of the conversation is. If we take the point that to propagate or to push a particular ideology that you believe in, you need to go and you need to take, a, like you say, a stand. And the idea, which I thought was quite interesting of what you said, because we, we talked about Mali, is this, and it happens a lot in Africa, coup spreading. This, 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 uh, mm-hmm. think of it as a, a kind of some sort of, uh, I don't like a code, everybody's right? catching. Yeah, you know, some sort of virus. Yeah. Those in Asorok, I'm sure, and, considering, and I understand that the president has made a statement alluding to the effect of a coup cannot work in Nigeria. Okay, pause. Um, it's already happened about six times. Um, and the thing with history is when you don't learn from history, it has a funny way of repeating itself. So whilst it's highly unlikely, sure, there are certainly noises about disaffection in the whole country, you know, just from the point of you mean, people you mean in Nigeria. Yeah. So... Okay. I don't know what the ingredients for a coup are. I'm no proponent for coups or anything. But if you told me, okay, the presidency in Nigeria is pushing, this is probably the strongest argument you could give, is going to crush the rebellion in Niger to ensure that a message is sent 
Now, don't give me the ideological stuff about, oh, I want to protect democracy, but I want to show those who might try it at home that we will crush it, that I can get on board with. It's, so, so, so see, it's, it's bigger than it's bigger than sending a message to anyone who could try it at home because no one could try something like that in Nigeria. Um, the Nigerian Nigerian power in Nigeria is too decentralized, and a coup. That's what I'm saying. Within the political, uh, I don't, I, I within let me let me let me explain what I'm saying. Within the political dynamics that exist right now, um, the opposition in Nigeria is not within the civil service. It's external. It's purely democratic. It's uprisings on Twitter. It's social media. It's disaffected everyday Nigerians. The cabal, basically, the ruling class, are unified and united. Um, I, I was going to, I was going to give another, I would say, very dangerous, dangerous um, um, critique of the situation and um, suggest the reason why I think Tinubu might also be more uniquely suited I mean, for this drop moment. It. Why not? Because, Why because not? I, think, I think the northern, I think the northern aspects of everything that's going on right now, um, um, the Muslim elements could have made the situation a lot more volatile if it was Peter B who was president. Um, okay, I think here's my point. Let, 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 me, let, let me still butter the bread. I think the local politics of you know um, anti-northern sentiments that exist within Nigeria. If that was inflamed at the very moment where you have the prospect of a of military action with a majority Islamic state, because it's worth noting also that you said you know Nigeria nobody can do a coup here who will not succeed. Nigeria has been under an armed insurgency or an armed assault for a good almost decade now. There have been events or situations in Abuja. There are certain parts of I don't know whether it's Plateau or some of these states where. Just regions of it is uninhabitable because you know you are at risk of running into Boko Haram or some type of like killing this thing. Every now and then you see some local government chairman seated with some people talking or begging the government to help them because Boko Haram is destroying them. You hear all these stories about the army. So there's been an ongoing issue in the background. Uh -huh. um, which is what I think David Hunday is trying to get at. And we know that the so-called Islamic elements also had infiltrated the last government. Um, so we're in, a, we're in an extremely delicate situation. What religion I, is the current president of Nigeria? He's Muslim. I think okay. Tinubu is uniquely I think Tinubu is uniquely equipped also to be the person um, leading this movement. I think it's also necessary politically as you said, if he's if he's showing anybody, I it's not Peter Obi showing. Is any um, Abdul Abdurrahman in the I military think... that thinks he can he can get an idea, you know, to try and do their because you've heard them Isa Patame and the likes who explicitly want to Islamize um, Nigeria. Um, so Tinubu, who is still of the Jai Jai Yoruba caucus, because whatever Muslim he is, I mean, still a of, a yeah, a lot Faji. of a lot, a substantial amount, should we say? Let's not, let's not kind of be too facetious when we're talking about these things. A substantial amount consider Yoruba Muslims, like you say, to be quote and unquote of the Jai Jai variety. Jai Jai means enjoy life. You know, I'll just put it in a phrase. It's, it's not a direct translation, but the idea being that Yoruba Muslims are more liberal, right, in their application of Islam and its tenets. So, um, again, whether that remains to be true or not. I, I don't think you can, you know, put one definition over the whole group of Yoruba Muslims, but 
we certainly see that there's a lot more proximity between Muslims and Christians in the west of Nigeria um, and even in the Midwest, in places like Kogi or Kwara and places like that. So certainly they are more habitable, if anything, if you compare the southern Kaduna um, issues, parts of Abuja, you've talked about Plato, Adamawa, Taraba, places like that, where you do have minority Christian and sizable groups. So, or just, you know, non-religious um, or perhaps some sort of African religion or whatever. The issue is that even Tinubu himself, if you look at the appointments that he's made, um, a lot of, you know, there's a, I believe there's a Yoruba chief of staff or at least well, senior senior people are from the south. Um, a lot of the quote-unquote northern leaders in the army are now from that kind of north-central region of Nigeria, which is more tempered. So mm. even if those are Muslims, they are generally more tempered, right, in their approach. So the core north is not as represented as it was under the previous administration. So you need to consider that dynamic. And one thing about the military is that nobody ever knows what they think. This is the issue with the military, right? With civilians, we are kind of programmed to espouse and emote. No, and, and, so and, so, and, so and in, in many ways, in many ways, the Nigerian military has developed the type of policies that the Russian military has in the sense that its its effectiveness is probably overinflated, overestimated, and corruption has set in where formerly ruthlessness, a kind of ruthlessness, used to exist. So this mystique of we don't really know what the uh, military knows. That's that, that's the military of Abacha's time, of that time, you know, of a mythical Nigerian. I, I wouldn't want to test that theory. Yes. I wouldn't want to test. I would, that. I would, I would say either, but that that is my I, impression that the military I has I, I, I become have, fat and corrupt. I used to have your view in terms of okay, the military. You know, they've quote unquote left barracks. It's a common term here in Nigeria where, you know, when you're in barracks, you're ready for duty. You're kind of under guard and everything, and you're ready for battle at any point. And then when you've left barracks or when you're kind of, you know, the doors are open and you're in and out, there's the idea that you, the military becomes a bit sloppier and things like that. However, I've had the opportunity to speak to former members of Nigeria military um, on a one-to-one basis, right? And <laughs> a couple of them, they, and they all share similar views. They would really, really surprise the lay person. Um, I was asked to go and do a view of how many of the polling units that were in military zones voted for Peter Obi as opposed to Tinubu. I was told to go and look into this. That was the first thing I was told. And then the second thing I was told was that a soldier never stops being a soldier. So even if they might give the impression that they mm-hmm. have somehow assimilated um, one of these persons I'm talking to, if I tell you what the person does as a job, you'd be shocked. So, like, you know, you get the impression that these people have dropped the the uniform or they're no longer, you know, kobokoing people on the side of the street. Then somehow they've lost their discipline. He said, no, discipline is in the mind. And ultimately, all these soldiers have family. They have communities. And what happens is that if they feel that the society is going into disrepair. And I think this is why Africa has a unique concoction that allows these coups to continue to happen. 
the militaries in these countries are they're still so close to the politics of these countries. That's the problem. Because if you come to like um, the West, quote unquote, the military has kind of been put into um, a distinct, the role has been distinctly, and politicians have subverted the military in terms of budgetary. So they use budgets as a way to control the, you know, the military and the leadership of the military. I would, I would, I would say just the other way around. I would suggest that in the aftermath of World War Two, the militaries of these Western countries gained infamy to the point where the quote unquote military industrial complex in America is the one aspect of government that is guaranteed an increase in its funding every single fucking year. Um, what, yeah, what I mean, yeah, I'm, I, no, no, no. I, I'm saying, I, I'm, a, I'm saying that. They are. What I'm trying to say is that they're not politicized. This is the point I'm trying to make. So no, they, they I, have. I, I, I get power, what you're saying, but they are not I, involved in day to day. Is in, in Africa, you still see generals opining, you know, um, giving kind of opinions and things like that. In the West, the only people that do that are like your senior security advisors. These are generals in all but name who haven't seen battle for like or haven't been in barracks for like 30 years they they they, they are now they just wear they wear their suit or their naval uniform like like abdul salami oh. abubakar um, exactly. exactly but in nigeria in africa for example look at this gentleman tory in um no but Tony, but, but that but in, that is a legacy that is a legacy Ibrahim, of, uh, of, of colonialism that's, that's a legacy of, of having situations where colonial powers used local militaries to, you know, control the local populations. And when they left, even though they left democratic, like, you know, settings, they left a setting, how do I put it now? They, they left a, a setting caste relationship. They yeah. left a certain it hasn't dynamic. Been that evolution. The, the dynamic hasn't evolved to the point it's, where it's the same thing with the police. It's the same thing with the police and the relationship yeah. with the police, yeah. the way they're trained, all that kind of stuff. So I, I hear you on that. Um, but I think each local context, each local context like in Africa is different. There's a specific vulnerability that I believe these these Islamic countries have. Um, because of how totalitarian um, the faith can be, um, I think that's that's where they get the Russian influence from, and what to a large extent uh, inoculates Nigeria from it. Because Nigeria, although we have a sizable, healthy Muslim population, one they are confined to a specific region of the country. Two, although they have international businesses, they're very wealthy and stuff like that. But the industry itself, industry in, in Nigeria isn't entirely controlled by um, the north. There's the large population the east to the south, basically to the west of Nigerians who are still you know, vibrant and active in their everyday life. So Nigeria is less vulnerable for that reason. Um, to a coup, but you know we still have our vulnerabilities, um, and I think it's also it's also worth noting as you mentioned the the hypocrisy that I called out before of Tinubu not being considered a legitimate president makes his position all the more difficult. Although it also, in a way, strengthens his hand, like his hand, because the last thing, which is why I think Kamala Harris called him. Um, which is why I think 
foreign presidents, foreign powers are more likely to address Tinubu as president. Because at this point in time, and it's a question to Nigerians, it's a question to Nigerians. Um, if you were to think strategically about what is going on, about how vulnerable Nigeria is to Islamization, to attacks from Boko Haram. Because who knows, like, every now and then you get all these rumors that, oh, Lagos is going to be attacked or one of the states is going to be attacked. The security I mean, just system think, just it's, think, so, it's, so, it's so porous. The army is going to be dissipated. Think about it now. The army that's currently fighting in different parts of the north, in the middle belt, like we've spoken about, Benue, places where they need it. You know, they like to station themselves in the southeast, you know, quote-unquote, to intimidate, you know. We know they're there to intimidate the people, but they quote-unquote to maintain um, order. You know, they put themselves in installations around oil areas conveniently or whatever. Now, the army doesn't have infinite numbers in Nigeria. They are already stories about lack of you've talked about it lack of resources food munitions but nigeria would have to provide a substantial amount and no, my it concern is, is not actually the that's, incursion. that's a key distinction it's ECOWAS. It is, it is, but Nigeria will still have to provide like maybe 25% of the force or whatever. I don't know what percentage. But it will be substantial diversion of resources. Now, the problem is the border between Nigeria and Niger in places, it's... Uh, okay, some people might not know what a gutter is, right? <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a clothing line. It's, <laughs> it's a path in parts. What happens when you have... And this is what happens when you have war and conflict. There will be refugees... There will be people who flee their homes and they will run to the next safest economic place that they know. My response is, my response is, and and so what? Nigeria can't afford to take care of its own people. How will it take care of Nigerian refugees? We we have no choice. What it it means is that we we are... We, that's we don't what, have that's what they said in, in Oppenheimer. That's what they said. We have no choice but to use this. There were suggestions that they detonate some of those bombs in the Pacific Ocean so that the Japanese could see and they will back off. But no, because they had set on that course, that ideological idea that they had to end the war by I, I don't... I don't I, okay. That's, Why that, must that's force always be the, 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 the driving... And this is the synergy. Why I, must we always did, use... Did you, not ask, did you not hear what I said before? Because in 2023, as of 2023, we have all agreed as civilized people that you can no longer... You can no longer one invade another country and take their resources. But you said context. Two. The junta hasn't invaded any other country. No, I'm giving you examples of things that we've agreed on as civilized people in 2023 okay. to okay. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One is you can't locally within your within your your state or within your city. It used to be that if you had the biggest muscles in your village, you could beat everybody, take their wives and their farmland. But then we decided that we wanted something like like a law. You know, before there used to be feudal system. We, we've settled the question of whether or not a military can carry out a coup. It's a settled question. Like, I, I, I don't, that's why I, I don't like the way people are talking about it. I say people are too blazing. Yeah, but it's I don't happened. like what people are talking about. You're talking as if the coup is in progress and they're deciding. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying precisely, progress, like, I'm saying precisely because it's happened and it's a settled question, which is what makes force necessary. It's, it's, it's what we've established as the consequence of such okay, an egregious. And it's an egregious violation of the norms of society. That's my question to you is, 
at what cost? And I, look, because like you rightly said, if you raise the bar, what are, what are you saying? No, for what, 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 what exactly are you saying? Because, because at what if cost? Just, just, future, at what cost? Just asking questions doesn't get. It's, no, I'm it's giving a, examples. I've said no, 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 no. It's, it's it's a way to posture. Like what what exactly is your is your suggestion? Are you saying that Nigeria doesn't have a role to play in what's going on in Nigeria? Of course, Nigeria saying, has a role. Are you to saying play? that? Are you saying that Nigeria's role role should be limited to only economic or diplomatic action? Are you saying that Nigeria has to consider X, Y, Z thing before they go? If the latter is what you're saying, if all you're saying is that Nigeria has to think of X, Y, Z, then, I mean, big, no shit, of course we have to consider like a bunch of things. But it's not unless you unless you disagree with the action itself, then I, I don't really see like what we're, what we're you know, disagreeing on. You can't paint me into a corner because the reality is we are not I want you to I want you No, no, you can't because I've told you my position. I believe that scrutiny needs to be given properly to the potential consequences. And I think Nigeria should observe. Okay, and then what? The time after, if after you scrutinize. Nigeria needs to be more selfish. And this is why I say human beings are inherently selfish. So, and when so, you talk so, about so, nationalism... So in your opinion, in your opinion, it's not a threat to Nigeria. Why is Nigeria getting involved? Why should no, no, Nigeria let, get involved? Let me, let, me, let me ask you a question. It's in your opinion, it's not a threat to Nigeria and Nigerian sovereignty and Nigeria sovereignty that the military in Niger decided that they can oust the civilian presidents. You, do, you don't think, you don't is, think that's a thing? Your president is so sure that it's, a coup cannot happen in his own country. So what's the issue? He's I'm, so I'm, sure. He has are guaranteed. You, are, you, are you trying to throw me or like, well, answer the question? Like, what, what exactly are you like? What are you saying? That I'm trying to say, until Nigeria. such a time as Niger turns to face Nigeria, Nigeria ain't got no business incursion going in there to, to, to do what? No, at what, okay, what? so what is such a time when they have soldiers at our border? When when our spies no, in Niger no, no. tell us no, as in when our spies in Niger tell us that somebody just had Whenever a meeting. Security apparatus in, in, decides that Nigeria is under threat. Such a time force can be used. Be, but until bingo, such time, bingo. Nigeria has no business. I love that you said that, and that ties into what I am saying. So wait, as the DSS told you, this is somebody that was wait, 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 wait. This was somebody last week that was telling us that oh, it's not DSS about DSS. It's not about DSS. It's not about DSS. It's about everything that we understand about human nature, having collected data for two thousand and twenty-three years. So, so, so for for the two thousand and twenty-three years that we have been collecting data on ourselves, we have a fairly eddy. We have a fairly good sense of what is good for our existence and what is not. One such thing that we understand is not good for our civilization or society is for militaries to be carrying out coups. So in the event that one does, you have to nip it in the bud because we understand that you don't do that anymore. Like it just doesn't happen. When you when you when you get into an ECOWAS agreement, when you set up an African Union, when you decide to become a continent, when you establish laws and a constitution and a government, when when you establish all those things, that is the civilizing process that we have all gone through, supposedly, as creatures. I don't when, I don't, when, you're, when no, so, so, you're trying to paint this as if it's it's an either or situation. My my issue is that no, but, but all, it is an either or you, I'm, I'm, you either I'm, respond. M- military, as in with, with your ministry? No, or... I disagree. I disagree. You can have a tiered process, right? 
there's nothing wrong with initially like nigeria did sending an envoy let's have a discussion then you move to economics we've seen it done you move to economic sanctions then you move to international condemnation then when the junta refuses to engage and then starts throwing up his shoulders and endangering interests and ultimately this is what it is isn't it because it's because niger has uranium in it like let's let's be real it, it is what so so what so so, so nigeria so so nigeria that's why there's urgency that's why there's urgency aside from aside from any foreign influence it is in nigeria's best interest is what i'm saying first and foremost to go in nigeria's it is in nigeria's best interest to to lead to lead west african states in an engagement in niger it is in our best interest as as the economic and the socio-economic powerhouse of africa it is in our best interest to lead a delegation of Western states in a military engagement in Niger. Because if such a thing is to happen in Nigeria, if such a thing is to happen in Nigeria, as is the case where France, for example, that everybody's shitting on, sends without the help of Western military, eh? without the help of Western military, many of the quote-unquote our girls, Many of the of the villages, these people are in the desert fighting wars because Tinuwa and his people are chopping money and living fat and not giving a damn about the security of of our country. It's a it's a no brainer in my in my opinion. Like it's a no brainer what Nigeria has to do. I think there's we a lot. We have to. There's a lot it, more this is the burden. This is the burden of civilization. It's the burden of statecraft. It's the burden of being of of knowing that like as U.S., U.K., Russia, whatever. Great power conflict. It's the burden of knowing that as a country, at some point in time, you have that's that's why countries have armies. Like that's why you have armies. I strongly, I strongly I, I feel like if there was a context of aggression and you see, because this this is how countries get into um conflicts and then it's kind of no, like, no, oh, this could have been what do you mean? You know, it, 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 you have to like, oh, this could have been averted by some 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 more um diplomacy look you can even use strike teams you don't have to deploy the whole army you can take out but they are not deploying the whole army you you you, you, no what i'm trying to say is that like you don't have to mobilize and the thing is that my issue with this particular unique situation is that nigeria is being seen as the spearhead clearly being nudged by the u.s right because like we said until that call was made there wasn't that urgency right so clearly nigeria is spearheading this ECOWAS force, right? We understand it's not a Nigerian force. But the Nigerians don't see it like that because they're already putting up posters of President Bola Tinubu calling him a derogatory virus name. I won't use it on this podcast. So we know that, they, and this is my key thing, we talk about self-determination a lot on this pod. Self-determination being a cornerstone of democracy because you cannot have it two ways. You can't also espouse the rule of the uh, of, a, of a siloed army in a democratic state with politics superseding that versus not addressing self-determination. The noises out of Niger don't say to me, come and save us from this coup. They seem quite okay with it. I read an article in the FT, Financial Times, reputable um, you know, publication, amongst others. You know, so other that's, that's the best point. That's the best point that has been made so far. The, the the, the, I don't feel people. like the Nigerians are asking to be saved. And to me, that is also another key issue. Because if Nigeria goes in there to be seen I, I, hate, I hate board, to say it, not to me. No, of course not to you. You're a hardliner, of course not. But all I'm trying to say is that 
I have to put this forward, this opinion, because I sincerely think Nigeria might follow your path as it is, as it looks at the moment. Although I think there was some sort of consideration or whatever. No, I don't know. I, I, think Nigeria, I think Nigeria has no so choice. you might get to see the outcome of your suggested actions. No, anyway. I, I think Nigeria has no choice. And you know how, what, what, how my, my feelings about crowds. My feelings about crowds. I think people are stupid. I think people in large crowds are even more stupid. Um, so it means nothing to me that 3,000 Nigerians gathered at a stadium carrying Russian flags. Poor, dirty, hungry-looking Nigerians just trying to like that is that is the effect of demagoguery that's what you get basically when you have a low information low education water population i mean why don't you tell us, very, you tell us how you really feel they, they right? are very vulnerable and, and we, we explore some of this some of the vulnerabilities in this society these societies that make you know them more vulnerable to this type of foreign influence exercise than um, and it, obviously, there's a legacy of colonialism with France being the major country there, and them hitting the French, especially. So they they are ripe for, you know, manipulation like this. And unfortunately for me, like you know, I, if I was a politician, I wouldn't say to all those Nigerians that they are stupid. But I'm not a politician. I'm a podcaster who gives my opinion. And in that regard, I'm I'm I'm, I'm very free to say that. Hey, I think you are wrong. I think you are very wrong. I think you are right to fight for your freedom. I think I, I think you are right to want you know to be against corruption. But I think as a philosophical matter, basically, we understand that as hum- as humans, the only way this our civilization works is, is if everybody sees power. You cannot accept at any point in time. It has to be a principle that under no circumstance can you take power by force. So oh. however flawed the democratic process is However flawed, and, and obviously we're arguing about this, protest, no protest, blah, 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 blah. However flawed the democratic process is, unless you have a saintly person who is leading the coup, unless it's literally, depending on your faith, Jesus Christ, or if it's Allah himself, or Muhammad, or Buddha himself that is leading the coup, unless it's such a saintly person, that person is abrogating too much power to themselves. The military is doing such a thing. You have to be, the, the pursuit has to be of a democratic Path. And if it's not a democratic path, it is inherently flawed, and I cannot support it. Like I, I, I cannot. I, I think that that in itself is a bit is is a bit. Um, I, I don't fully agree with that purely because democracy itself is also a flawed system, and the idea it it just happens to be the chosen system. And like again, if we if we if we if we, if we Demo- democracy is like the free markets. If, if democracy is like the free markets. If we ironically look at what we're saying, the trends in Oppenheimer. Ironically, it's only prevalent because the powerful, the winner tells the tale. Democracy won, quote-unquote, in World War II. No. Democracy won in the Cold War. No. Democracy won no. when the... No, no yes, no, no, yes, yes, yes. No, no. Democracy won when the Soviets... We're, we're talking about... The Soviet we're talking about... And that's why we're, democracy... We're talking about principles here, Dan. We're talking about principles. We're talking about the principle... Prevails no, we're talking about the principle of... Government. Ten people of ten people in the room deciding that we would all agree agree on the laws by which we would govern ourselves, and we would all be bound to those laws. Now, the person who found the room 
person who owns the most pillows in the room, the person who has the most shoes, has the food, you get to influence the decision. But generally, that principle and the commitment to that principle is how we define democracy. Why did democracy win, you ask me? If you ask me, I would say democracy won because of soft power, the soft power, quote-unquote, of the West. No, democracy, democracy won because of those atomic bombs, amongst other f- shows of force. That's why democracy no. wins. Yes, that's that's in parallel too. Because I because ask Russia whether Russia's vision of of society is prevalent. Ask ask no, um, Russia certainly you, tried. You, if, if your path if your path is bombing, you have to bomb to death. And the path you get with bombing is you get corrupt military. You get an extremely extremely income inequal society as you have with Russia where you have oligarchs and the likes and the rest of the poverty you Russia. have a bled out you have a bled out middle class because everybody who is anybody flees the country to go and live in other parts of Europe or the US and you end up with kind of what you have with Nigeria now democracy won democracy won because the west sold the world a dream they sold the world the dream of self determination the dream that a group of people can come together and agree on how they would live and pursue that path. It is a flawed idea because and in because Niger, it has they've decided no because they like decide. you said no no but like they you said decide. hang on hang on but they haven't overthrown the military they haven't pushed back on the military you've said you've what acknowledged what are you that. talking about some, some some people have knives and forks and pens some people are I'm talking about voices no 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 I'm talking about voices what voices what dissenting voices have you heard. That's precisely the issue. Don't you understand the meaning of a coup? The military, use, the military use, they use force. Wait, wait. So what the I'm introduction of force as a factor. I'm not talking the about the political elites. Eliminates any sense. What intellectuals, what Nigerian intellectuals, Baba, where on social media, I've only seen support for the junta. I am an intellectual. I'm making my feelings known. <laughs> You're not Nigerian. No, not no, Nigerian. I am, making, I am making my arguments as a Pan-African. <laughs> this is my I, issue. I am, you cannot I determine self-determination as a Pan-African. I'm making, I'm making a Pan-African argument. I'm making my arguments as somebody who bears the burden of black skin. I'm You've never sounded more American than you have today. No. <laughs> I'm going to be so real. Because you cannot determine... Self-determination... You can't say, okay, yes, yeah, it's self-determination. And actually, no, wait, I'm going to determine for you. It cannot be, it cannot be self-determination it's if it's a military coup. That is self-determination cannot be can, cannot come from a military coup. It's a fruit of a when 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 Abacha was um terminated, should we say? Mm. Were people not dancing on the streets? Wasn't okay. that in itself a military? We were still under transitionary, yes, but Nigeria was still under military rule, and people were happy than they were under the previous military rule because there is no, such a funny. thing as context, there is such a thing as this one is very bad. This one is good. This one's okay. We I are agree good. with it's not you. Necessarily lawful. I, I agree with okay. you. There are different. I agree varieties. with you. But part, part part of what poisons the world from for me, for me, what part of what poisons the world for me is mm-hmm. one is the rest is the rhetoric of the would be coup plotters. Two, the alliances of said would be coup plotters. One thing we must the ideology of yeah. the would be coup plotters. Like that's we that's actually also don't know, we don't know what context. they're espousing. To be fair, and that's let's be objective. I'll, I'll give you that because we actually don't know. I I um I think the Burkina Faso guy has said maybe there's like a there's a limit ninety days or something or transition or whatever, right? So we don't know if the military have come in literally as a shock to the system 
cleanse stuff like this is polluted waters cleanse the pond or what do you use also what they say in uh, washington again um clean the pond or whatever they say drain the pond that's it um so we don't know like you rightly said now because and this is the thing because I think obviously, obviously democratic. If, if the only thing that stops, if the only thing that stops, I don't want to see a military junta in power. If the if the only thing that stops the military from doing that again is the feelings of whoever is in charge of the military, then we have a problem. That's that's why I'm saying to you, even in this context situation that that you're describing, even in this context situation, it's any type of sustainable sustainable development has to come from bottom up democratic action. Okay, here's my here's to, my here's my introduce, How about how about Dubai? Have you you've been to Dubai, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. In terms of uh, standard of living and cleanliness and the functioning society, amongst other things, well, how do you think Dubai does? How would you rank Dubai? I think for Emiratis, Dubai is fantastic. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, Dubai has. Uh, a, essentially a monarchical system. Let's just call it a monarchy of sorts, right? That works for them. Um, and people emigrate there to work there, live there, accepting that way of life. Now, they don't have the typical electoral, let's say electoral democracy, right? You're not, you're not making that, the point you think you're... No, 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 hang on. You're talking about self-determination. Yeah. Because I think one of the biggest issues we have across the world is this idea that one size fits all. It cannot fit no, all. No, no. One size cannot. No, one one size cannot fit all. And whilst I prefer democracy, hang on. Whilst we might prefer democracy, who are we to dictate to others what system of government that they should choose? Who are we? So, so nobody is not or not anybody to dictate how anybody else. You're saying if you have an ideology that you believe in, you have to impress. By force. No, but it depends. It depends on what ideology it is, and it depends on what ideology the other person is practicing. Yes, in if they're, depending so on the ideology that you're practicing. Been taken, good. Why hasn't democracy been taken to the UAE? Because it, because in monarch monarchical, I guess, um, system of living is not the worst thing there is. There is a degree to it, and depending on if they do pass themselves. So depending on some Middle Eastern countries have been invaded. If you do if you do any out, you will see any out. You will jump water water. Okay. You will jump water water now. Like depending on these these countries, and I I will challenge your notion. I will challenge your notion and say that these countries are making very transparent, very concerted efforts to create the image of democratizing. Because I, w- I don't know enough to agree with whether or not they are successful. But they have definitely invested in portraying themselves as democratic societies of trying to reap the benefits of westernized elements and ideas into the society. They are buying airlines. They are, they are allowing women to drive. They are installing KFC How in their malls. Them? How kind. No, I mean, how, how, how kind of them? Exactly. Exactly, it is precisely because you cannot force somebody to live the way you want to live that you have to rely on soft power. You have to, you have to lead by example and and invest in propaganda. So it's a battle of ideas. You have to do that. I've never argued against soft power, and this is the thing. Anybody follow my arguments? I have not argued against soft. I've argued for soft power. I've said. 
go, negotiate, send envoys, do sanctions, turn off their lights, all those stuff. I agree with it. Tell them that, listen, this is not how we agree to do no, things no, no, in the no, African no, Union. So, so far, question is it's coming up with, with whether or not you can influence where somebody else lives. Oh, it's still and influence. I'm saying, I'm saying, yes, you can try and you can try and influence where people are living their life. You can say, hey, Mr. Country, you shouldn't behead your opposition leader. Don't do that. Hey, Mr. Country, Mr. President, you shouldn't commit a genocide against an ethnic minority. We don't agree with that. If you do that, we will invade your fucking country. Like, there, there, there are rules to this shit, and we have to. You, you can't just say, it's my house, I can do whatever I like. No more. Like we, we, and I think we answered these questions a long time ago. We're not going back as a species. We're not going back to the point where might makes right, where you can just say as a military, because nothing is stopping. If a military can do this, then any area, street area thug, if you gather enough armies or soldier people in your village, you can take over... The, the levers of government. You cannot have that. That's what I'm saying. There is no choice. It's all, all David Hondayan is saying. What you are saying as well is that Tinubu has a very difficult job ahead of him, which is why we asked the question earlier in the last episode: Do we think Tinubu is the best person suited for this moment in time? Because it requires juggling a lot of independent things. You have to manage the economy. You have to manage exchange rates. You have to manage uh, um, joblessness. You have to manage poverty. They are they are they are doing loans for in your businesses. You, you you have to also try and fight a war. You have to rally other countries in in West Africa to you know to help you with your expedition in Niger. You have to answer the phone when France calls, when the UK calls, when America calls, when Russia tries to call you as well. You have to consider whether or not they're talking to the Boko Haram people in your own country too. Whether the upstarters in Niger are also talking to your own upstarters in Nigeria. Whether or not we just describe, you know what? Why don't we just form a Islamic block, this whole half? Start what Danfodio, Abi, whoever, finish what they started in 1860, whatever, when they first came from the from the Horn of Africa, is there time to do it now? If if, if we wait for Niger to turn their eye on us with the border that you talked about, with the poorer, so-called porous border, they will have finished infiltrating Nigeria already by the time anybody. I I just um, if if there's anything we know, we know we know Nigeria's current state, and I think. Is serious, serious, serious consideration should be given before any sort of military action is taken because the repercussions could be implosive. I agree with you. Itself. Because it's one thing to say you're taking this stance, you're ideologically blah, blah, blah. You need to be sure that when you're setting off the bomb, it's, you not, also reverber- it's, not, it's not also reverberating in your backyard. So I think... We'll see. Let's see what happens. I mean, as we see it, an ultimatum has been put out, I believe, a number... Was it seven days or so that was given? Yeah, it's supposed supposed to end today. Reinstation of... So we'll see what happens in this coming week, you know, in the reinstation of all... And we agree, all elected officials should be put back in place. Um, All the the judiciary, all the, you know, apparatus should be put in... that, That We agree. That's... it's Niger, by all intents and purposes, is democracy. However... The situation on the ground is a situation on the ground. It requires delicate handling. There's a junta in place. However, the foreign powers... If the, My view is if the foreign powers, you know, are so concerned, right, um, then why not break cover? 
you know, don't pretend that, you know, it's ECOWAS. Um, ECOWAS is going to do it because obviously it will look crappy if you start sending American troops or French troops to quell the rebellion. Of course, it would look crappy. But we all know that they have, they do special missions anyway. So, and that's why I'm saying, because I remember, was it Cuba? There was a country where, or Haiti, they just took out the, they took out the cool leaders. They just took them out. So they have means. If, if, if they want to resolve this, there are steps they can take before Nigeria now assigns ECOWAS 50,000 soldiers and they're the one leading the charge with Ghanaian, Togolese, Benin soldiers to go to ECOWAS. Because Niger has said, Nigeria is the first country. They've already said it. They've said it. And we, so whilst we might use the force, force doesn't go unabated. And I think that just needs to be considered. So yeah, listen, share, comment, like, let us know mm. what you think. What do you think is the correct course of action? Do you agree with me or you agree with Dan that we should be doing meeting, meeting, meeting till something happens? Let us you know. agree with me that we have no choice but to... But to let us know. Let's, I, I never say you can do something, but you can do something smartly. You can go surgical. You can use your it's special forces. So good. So good. You, so good. Forces. you don't need to Thanks. take the whole army. You can use some gangs. Thanks, That's Thanks everyone, for, for listening. It's been right, real. So. I'll catch you next time. Yeah.